Now the Philistines gathered their armies for battle, and they were gathered at Sokah, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Sokah and Azekah in Ephes Damim. I did not just make those up, but it sounds like I did. And Saul and the men of Israel were gathered and encamped in the valley of Elah and drew up in line of battle against the Philistines. And the Philistines stood on the mountain on one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side with a valley in between them. Okay, who is Saul again? King. He's the king. Good. Uh, king of Israel. And we're in this battle formation. So on one side of the valley is the Philistines lined up for battle. And on the other side of the valley is the Israelites lined up for battle. And it's not like they were this close to each other, like throwing stones. Okay. They knew they were there. And every day they would come out and face each other. And that would be how the fight would begin. But something happens. Verse 4. And there came out from the camp of the Philistines a champion named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he was armed with a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was 5,000 shekels of bronze. And he had bronze armor on his legs, and a javelin of bronze slung between his shoulders. The shaft of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spear's head weighed 600 shekels of iron, and his shield bearer went out before him. Are you picturing this? This guy's nine feet tall. That's... Like three feet taller than the tallest, no, nine and a half feet tall. It's like three feet taller than the tallest person I've ever seen. He's huge. He's like totally jacked. He's a warrior. And he's covered in this bronze, like from head to toe, covered in armor. Okay? He is a force to be reckoned with. And not only is he carrying a spear and he has a javelin, he has this guy, which I expect to be not so big, walking in front of him holding a shield. And just, he's the shield bearer out in front of him, okay? Yeah, I wouldn't want to be that guy, right? And he walks out of the camp towards the Israelites. Imagine being an Israelite and you're seeing this guy who is bigger than any specimen you've ever seen. What they're feeling and thinking, okay, at that time. Oh, and by the way, he's on the other team. <laughs> he's not on your team. He's on the other team. Verse 8, he stood and he... He stood and he shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why have you come out to draw up for battle? Am I not a Philistine and you are not servants of Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you shall be our servants and serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy the ranks of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard the words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid and probably immediately was like, not it. <laughs> Nose goes, right? Don't pick me. <laughs> if one man's going out to fight this giant, we're so the Philistine sent out Goliath, this giant, and he's like, one of you, come and fight me, one on one. Winner takes all. And the Israelites are like, mm -mm. <laughs> like, they're shaking in their boots. They're afraid. Don't make me fight this guy. Because you know the loser dies. <laughs> and the loser's nation becomes servants to the winner. So there's a lot at stake, right? Now David, verse 12, was the son of an Ephrathite of Bethlehem and Judah named Jesse, who had eight sons. In the days of Saul, the man was already old and advanced in years. The three oldest sons of Jesse had followed Saul to the battle, and the names of his three sons who went to battle were Elab, the firstborn, and next him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. 
David was the youngest. The three eldest followed Saul. But David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. For 40 days, the Philistines came forward and took his stand morning and evening. So the oldest three sons of Jesse's, they were warriors. They were trained to fight. So they were part of the army to battle. David was not. David was the youngest. All knew David, all David knew was sheep. That was his business. That was all he knew. Now he was somewhat in the service of Saul at this time, so he would kind of go back and forth, but he would not have been on the front lines. He would not have been allowed near that spot. Oh, and by the way, for 40 days, Goliath came forward to see who would fight. So literally every morning, the Philistines would get their stuff on and go out and stand, and the Israelites would get all their stuff on and go out and stand, and they're ready to fight, and Goliath walks forward and says, who's it going to be? We're going to find out what their response was. They ran away every time. They would be like, ah, peace out, and just run the other direction for 40 days. 40 days ago is August 10th. Think back to August 10th. You'd be doing that every single day <laughs> between August 10th and today. Imagine that's been going on. So Jesse, the dad of all these brothers, he tells David one day to go and bring food to the brothers and to check in on them, see how they're doing, because they've been there for a while, see what's going on. Jump down to verse 19. So Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah fighting with the Philistines. Fighting is used. They weren't fighting. They were running away. Every day they'd go up and they'd run away. And David rose early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. And he came to the encampment as the host was going out to the battle line shouting the war cry. And Israel and the Philistines drew up for battle, army against army. And David left the things in charge of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the ranks and went and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath. I just think that's strong. By name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and spoke the same words as before, and David heard him. And look at this. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were much afraid. Every day, David Goliath said, who's it going to be? And every day, they turned and they ran in the opposite direction. Imagine that. But this day, David was there. And he heard what was going on. He finally got kind of a clarity on the situation of what's been happening. Verse 25. And the men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who's come up? Surely has come to up to defy Israel. And the king will enrich the man who kills with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free in Israel. And David said to the men who stood by him, What shall be done for the man who kills the Philistine and takes away the approach, reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way. So shall it be to the man who kills him. David was worked up. David started to get a little steamed. Who does this guy think he is? Does he realize that he's going against God's people? We are God's people. How dare he? God is on our side. How dare he challenge us? And for 40 days, not one of the other men had said, oh, wait, we have God on our side. For 40 days, not one of them, even though God had fought so many battles for them and God had given them so much land through defeating people that they never should have, they didn't remember. 
They were, they were so afraid. Fear had consumed their mind that there was like, there's no way we have anyone who can defeat this guy. They were so consumed with their fear that they couldn't think past it to see who was really in control. And then the next part, which were just David's oldest brother gets mad at David. He's like, you just wanted to come down and feel important. You know, the oldest brother looks at the youngest brother and feels a little offended that he's coming and kind of showing up. Go back to those sheep of yours. And he actually says he accuses him of having evil intentions in his heart. Even though we just know that God had called David because of his heart, and now his brother's accusing him of evil intentions. Irony. 29, verse 29. And David said, what have I done now? Was it not but a word? And he turned away from him toward another and spoke in the same way, and the people answered him again as before. When the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul, and he sent for him. And David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go, meaning I'll do it, and I will fight with the Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go against his, this Philistine to fight with him, for you're just but a young guy. You're just a youth, and he's been a man of war from his youth. He's experienced. He knows what he's doing. He's huge. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father, meaning he calls himself your servant, but David, meaning I used to keep sheep for my father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant, meaning me, David, has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go, do it. The Lord be with you. David is volunteering. Note for a second, Saul should really be the one to fight Goliath because Saul is the commander of the army as the king. He should be the one, but he's not. <laughs> and here's David, this youngest, non-military, a man who tends sheep. And he's, and he's like, you've got to be kidding me. This is God's battle. And he looks back on all the times that God has delivered him from the mouth of a lion and from the mouth of a bear. And he looks back and he clings to those times and he says, God has delivered me then because he cares for his people and God will deliver us now. He will do the same against this man. So David volunteers and Saul, he's like, okay. I think part of him was kind of like, what do we got to lose? David, he's the youngest. He's not really like a part of our group anyway. Let him, let him give it a shot. So Saul thinks he's doing him a favor, and he actually gives him all his armor to wear. And David puts it on, and he's like, I've never used this stuff before. Like, I don't have practice in this. This isn't me. This isn't how God wants this to happen. And so he takes it off, and he goes, and he finds five smooth stones, and he picks them up, and he puts them in his pouch, and he walks up to Goliath with a slingshot and five stones. Remember what Goliath looks like. <laughs> Remember how he's decked out. Remember how he is a warrior, and he is ready to fight. And here comes little David, who all he knows is sheep running up, and he is ready. It's almost laughable. 
to the world. And Goliath actually does laugh, and he starts to taunt him. He says in verse 43, And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, this is little David, you come to me with a sword and with a spear and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel whom you have defied. This day the Lord will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down and cut off your head. And I will give the dead bodies of the host of the Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into his hand. Boom. David is lifting the veil of the situation. He want, he's revealing the reality of the fight to those who were there. Because from their perspective, this fight was already won. Goliath had it in the bag. It wasn't a fight at all. This was ridiculous that David would even go, that this battle was between David and Goliath. But the reality of the situation was that, yes, this battle was already over, that it was done before it started. But that's because the battle wasn't between Goliath and David. This battle was between God and Goliath. And Goliath never had a fighting chance. Not even for a second. How often do we get so wrapped up in fear so wrapped up in how we think things are going to work out or that we feel so hopeless that we get so caught up in the worldly perspective of the situation and we go day after day and for the Israelites it was 40 days and for us sometimes it's even more <laughs> and we go day after day into into fight and we go up to fight and we're just ready and then it faces us and we run away hopeless <laughs> And defeated because of the situations in our lives that we face, that the fear takes over. But when the veil is lifted and the reality of the situation is seen, and that God is the real fighter, that if you are his child, then he is on your team, and that there is no enemy, however great and however terrifying, that can defeat you, that can even come close to victory over our God. Verse 48, when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line. He, wasn't, he ran toward the battle line. He had so much confidence in his God that he ran to the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand in his bag and he took out a stone and he slung it and he struck the Philistine on his forehead and the stone sank into his forehead and he fell to the ground. That's quite a hit. I know, sinking into the forehead. <laughs> I heard up here, that's disgusting. <laughs> and I think it's awesome. And David ran over, and he took Goliath's own sword, and he killed him, and he cut off his head. And the Philistines saw what happened, and they took off, and they ran. And the Israelites are like, Woo! And they start running.
running after the Philistines because now they're the ones who have won the battle. And they went and they plundered the camp and they took all the, they took what was theirs as the winners. And Saul looked at this boy David once again and he was like, who is this kid? <laughs> who is this kid? Again, from the world's perspective, this was a David versus Goliath story. This was an underdog versus the guy who should win. But the reality of the situation was that this battle was Goliath versus God, and Goliath never had a fighting chance. We're going to find out next week that God uses this battle to bring David further into the position of being king. That Saul now has David live with him in the palace, and his sheep-tending days are over. He's no longer a shepherd. He is now in the service of the king full-time. You guys, God set in motion this plan. Because remember what brought David to the battle line that day? His dad asked him to bring some food to his brothers. Now, his dad just thought that that was a normal thing. But do you see how God used all these things to bring David there? His plan to give David the courage to fight was by defeating lions and bears and showing knowing who God was because of how he's been before in his life and a truth of what he knew about God, that God will fight for me and deliver us because we are his children, and he could stand on that truth because this is how I've seen God, and this is what I know, and I know that God will do what he says he can do. He He is going to fight and protect and defend because I've seen it before and because he said he's gonna do it, and he stands on this truth so that God's plan would be carried out. Again, remember that all these things are set in place to have David become king. And in the big picture of leading up to Jesus and the cross, and it's all connected. So that God's plan would be carried out. Because that is the true reality of this story, and that is the true reality of my story, and that is the true reality of your story. Lord, we thank you once again for your word and for stories like David and Goliath, where you show us your power and your might, we can learn about you and who you are, what you've done, how you set plans in motion, and you follow through on them. That you are a God that can be trusted. That you are a God who we don't have to come into our days with fear because we have you on our side. I pray that nothing would be able to cloud us from knowing that truth. Thanks for tonight. In Jesus' name, amen.